The Colts took care of business and are now just a win away from almost certainly punching their ticket to the postseason. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, what up? Thanks for tuning in and making us your first post-game listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code in all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. What's up, everybody? This is Jake Arthur and Zach Hicks from HorseshoeHuddle.com. And we are here to talk about the Colts' 23-20 win over the Raiders here at beautiful Lucas Oil Stadium. That moves the Colts to 9-7 and seven now. Uh, not much help from the rest of the AFC today when it comes to the playoff race. Uh, still very much in the thick of it. But it turns next week's contest against the Texans basically into a playoff game. Uh, the Colts are, are it's not a certainty that they'll get in with a win, uh, but if they take care of business, they're most likely going to go in there. But uh, great news all around today. Um, offense, defense, special teams, everyone did their part. There was nothing extraordinary about this one, uh, but in general, like we have come to find with the Colts, they just do enough to win. Uh, so, Zach, what, what was the vibes on this one? How are you feeling now after this win? I feel pretty good. I mean, for the most part, it was uh... – a pretty uneventful day. I mean, the Colts jumped out to a seven to nothing lead early in this game, and then it became seven to three. And then really after the Alec Pierce touchdown to put it to 14 to three, this game never really felt in doubt. Like the Colts were ahead by like two possessions for a majority of the rest of the game. Obviously it went down to 14 to 10 at one point, they kicked a field goal to go up 17 to 10, then up to 20 to 10. And then from there on, it was, you know, there were some trading shots between both teams. But again, at the end of the day, the Colts, kind of had this one in the bag for most of the day. It never really felt like the Raiders were too threatening overall. And even one of the Raiders touchdowns had to come down to a, just a boneheaded special teams mistake by the Colts to kind of gift them those yeah. points. So overall, I think it was a, it was a good game for the Colts. It could have been better. Obviously defense could have played better. Offense could have, could have done without that really weird spurt that they had uh, in the first half where they were just going three and out, three and out, three and out, like after, like all over the place, a lot of throws that just were not connecting uh, but overall, you can't complain too much about this. The Raiders uh, have been a pretty solid team since they fired Josh McDaniels. Antonio Pierce has got that defense playing really good football. Uh, the Colts offense came out and had a really efficient day against that really good defense. They had 9.7 yards per attempt passing the ball, 4.6 yards per rush. Again, against this Raiders defense where if you look at how they've played since Antonio Pierce became the interim head coach, They've been a top five, top three defense in football. And that includes a victory last week over the Kansas City Chiefs. And I, I know the Kansas City Chiefs are a little defunct right now, but hmm. they still came out and they shut down the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, it's a good Raiders defense that the Colts were able to, for the most part in this game, kind of get what they wanted to uh, on offense in this one. So really good bounce back game for the Colts. We've seen it all year with Shane Steichen where this team gets to these, these new rock bottoms and these new lows. And we think, oh, my gosh, it cannot get better from here. But it does get better from here because every time the Colts come back the next week and they show why they're a well-coached team, why they are a team that is fighting for a playoff spot, because 
no matter what happens the week prior, the Colts have a really good short-term memory loss situation going. They get ready for the next game, and they go out there and they get the job done. So well-coached game by the Colts. They did what they needed to in this one, and, and now we're looking at a potential play uh, playoff game next week for that win and end situation against the Texans. Yeah, I think we're really used to seeing a, a pretty high level of chaos from this team and even their opponents when they win uh, or when uh, when the Colts lose or win. But this one actually, actually pretty clean. No turnovers in this one. Sack numbers were under control for everybody. Uh, it just literally was kind of a ho-hum day that the Colts eventually came out on top. And I was a bit worried going into this one because this Raiders team, like you mentioned, uh, winners of two in a row. They've been playing a lot tougher, a lot better under Antonio Pierce. Uh, beat the Chiefs, like you mentioned. Absolutely dismantled the Chargers, 63 points. Uh, franchise record just two weeks before that. It felt a lot like the Bengals and the Falcons, like that caliber of opponent. Like not a world beater, but can definitely beat the Colts. And the Colts came out and uh, took care of business. And it's good that this one is out of the way because – you could say one week at a time during the season, but there literally is only one game that matters now. There is no future beyond this next game if they don't win. Uh, so it really, I'm really excited for this uh, this Texans game next week here at Lucas Oil. Um, again, the range of, range of outcomes for the Colts. They could miss the playoffs or they could win the AFC South. Like it's <laughs> it's going to be a wild ride next week. Uh, Jacksonville loses, and then the Colts beat the Texans, and that's it. It's the AFC South Championship. Uh, So really looking forward to this one. Me, I know about you too. I'm not ready for this season to be over. I want to keep covering games here at Lucas Oil. I want to keep – I want to cover a playoff game at home. I've not done that yet. Yeah, and I think it's been a really fun season for this reason alone, that the Colts have kind of been playing with house money all year. You know, they're coming off Mm -hmm. a four-win season last year. They have their new head coach where, you know, expectations in year one, you don't need to go out there and make the playoffs, but it's great if you do. Uh, They also lose their quarterback, their their franchise quarterback to start the season. Uh, But still, this team is winning games. They're in this position because of the coaching, because of how hard they're playing out there on Sundays. And yeah, I mean, no one wants to see the Cinderella story uh, come to a close before the big dance. You know, it's the playoffs. You want to get into the playoffs in a one game elimination playoffs. Anything can happen. I'm not saying the Colts would be favorites by any means, but like just get into the dance and see what happens out there. But uh, before we close out the segment, I did want to shout out uh, one of the biggest discrepancies in this game that really led to a Colts victory. And that was just the coaching advantage. I mean, you could see it in this rookie head coach that the Colts have in Shane Steichen where, you know, it came down to fourth down situations a lot of the time. There was a fourth down situation on the other side of the 50 where all day long the Raiders were punting on these fourth and ones, fourth and inches. They were taking delay of games and they were punting. And it did back the Colts offense up. But at the end of the day, you need to keep the offense, your offense on the field to get points. And, and the Raiders kept taking the, the coward way out, for lack of a better term. They kept taking the coward way out on a lot of those drives and losing points as a result. Shane Steichen gets one of those chances there in the second half. They go for it without even a second thought, get the pass to Michael Pittman Jr., go down and kick a field goal to extend the lead. That's just exactly what you're getting out of Shane Steichen. You're getting a coach who knows what he's doing, a guy who can win those coaching matchups, especially against an interim head coach like Antonio Pierce. And, you know, when you look at this game, this is probably two fairly evenly matched teams in terms of talent, in terms of what's going on out there on the football field. Uh, But the Colts are able to win this game primarily, in my opinion, 
due to that head coaching advantage they had. Shane Steichen was coaching circles around Antonio Pierce, and he was able to steal them some victory, or steal them some points, and ultimately steal them the victory in this one. So, you know, next week I really do think the Colts and Texans game is going to be not only for that playoff berth, but I think it's also going to be for the Coach of the Year award between D'Amico Ryan's and Shane Steichen. Uh, I would love to see Shane Steichen come away with a victory though, and and lock up that award because he has been fantastic for the Colts, and and I'd love to see him get rewarded for it. So, yeah, that's a really good point about the coaching because the whole reason that it never really got too interesting in this one, the Colts kept control, is every time the Raiders did something, the Colts responded. The, the teams combined for four scores in the fourth quarter. So every time that the Raiders did something, the Colts came back, whether it was, you know, Matt Gay field goal, whatever, they always had an answer. And that that was huge. Uh, so, yeah, that, that, that will be interesting. I mean, I, I know – you know, you got the 49ers, you got these other teams doing really well, but Shane definitely deserves uh, all the consideration in the world for Coach of the Year. But we'll get back to more of that later. We're going to talk about the offense coming up here in a minute. Testing my skills on prize picks this football season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports, if you're me. If you have the skills, you could turn 10 bucks into 250 with just a few taps. Prize picks is really simple to play. Uh, I can make my picks and submit my whole entry in less than a minute. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay. Uh, it's it's just really convenient. You don't have to wait on your money. There's not a bunch of red tape. You know, you redeem what you earn basically right away. Uh, they've also got some really cool features on there. We've told you guys all about, uh, you know, combining, you know, if, if you watch basketball and football, you can take players from both, mash them together, and Price Picks makes it possible. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton and Michael Pittman Jr., for example, combined for 11 and a half higher or lower than three-pointers and receptions, you know, uh, really interesting stuff like that. So uh, if you're new to it, go to pricepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's pricepicks.com slash NFL and use code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Price picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All righty, guys, we are talking Colts offense in this one. I think this is a more optimistic segment than what we're going to say about the Colts defense. Now, again, I don't think either side of the ball played terribly for the Colts at all. I mean, obviously, they got the win in this one. Uh, but I really do think the Colts offense was was the driving force of this victory. They did enough against a really, really good Raiders defense that was playing some lights out football in recent weeks. I mean, if you look at this Raiders defense coming to this game, they had four defensive touchdowns over the last two games. They they held the Chargers and the Vikings to really low point totals. They held the Vikings to a three-point game uh, three weeks ago. And then obviously against the Kansas City Chiefs cut right before this game, uh, they had Pat Mahomes just all over the place in that one. But the Colts were able to stay efficient and effective in this one. 9.7 yards per attempt, 4.6 yards per, per rush on the ground. Gardner Minshew, again, a little bit of a... A dry spell there in this in the first half, uh, a little bit in the early parts of the first half. But outside of that, really strong game from him. 15 of 23 for 224 yards and a touchdown. Had two completions of over 50 yards in this game, too. So, mm-hmm. you know, look, if, if the Colts are getting this from Gardner Minshew, they can win football games. We've talked about it all year where if we're getting the the turnover prone and the, the jumpy in the pocket version of Gardner Minshew, they're not going to win football games. But if they're getting this Gardner Minshew, the one that stays productive and effective, and gets the ball out of his hands and takes the shots when he needs to, they can win football games with this Gardner Minshew. So, you know, I I know we've been hard on Minshew all season, obviously. I mean, look, he's a backup quarterback playing for a team that's competing for a playoff spot. You're going to be hard on that because he's not going to be perfect. But 
this was a perfectly fine game from Gardner Minshew. This is what the Colts needed, and he was able to get the job done for the team to get the victory. Yeah, absolutely. I was I I, I don't want to say impressed, but I was I was pleased with Minshew's performance. Uh, there really was only like one gaffe I could think of. Uh, Alec Pierce had yeah. a whole solar system around him on that on that one play, uh, but it didn't matter. Ultimately, you know that he made right on that later, hooked up on the fifty-eight yard uh, or fifty-three yard touchdown, uh, which is what you want to see. I mean, it was it was Pierce's only official target of the game because I think he had another one uh, negated by a penalty. Um, but you know, you, you gotta you gotta take advantage of those. Uh, and they said that was a result of film study. You know, they, they knew that Las Vegas was going to give them certain looks on those those short yardage situations. They knew they were going to get single coverage, and that's exactly what happened. Um, so that, that was a, a good result of knowing what was going to come as, as soon as they saw it. So definitely good. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, big day, 96 yards on the ground. And I think he was going to be due for a lot more, but he was kind of in and out of the lineup. Uh, it look. I heard. I obviously was here at the game, so I didn't see the broadcast. But I heard it looked like he might have been pointing or favoring at his thumb a little bit. He was in the medical tent briefly um, after the game. Shane Steichen said there were no injuries to report, uh, but still, Trey Sermon did come in and, and spell him a little bit. So, uh, really big game for Taylor. Broke off for three or four nice runs up the middle. So, uh, big game for him. Sermon, thirty-two yards on five carries. Uh, efficient football from Gardner Minshew and a solid run game really sparked by Braden Smith returning. That was huge and containing Max Crosby as much as you can. That helped a lot. Uh, But I I thought that was huge towards the Colts having some offensive success. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing I want to say about Jonathan Taylor is I I feel like we're in this situation with him for the rest of the season where, you know, you get this with a lot of players late, late in seasons where look, they're healthy enough to play, but are they healthy? Probably not. Like, he's probably not fully healthy. I mean, he just had surgery on that thumb, what, three, four weeks ago. It's not going to be in a perfect place where every single down it's going to be feeling great. Uh, So I don't mind them taking him out every now and then, getting him some breathers, getting a guy like Trey Sermon out there. Uh, But for the most part, leaning on Jonathan Taylor for most of the day. I mean, Taylor was the bell cow in this game, but Sermon came out there for a couple series, a couple downs, a couple looks, uh, and was able to be effective as well. So there's no need to run him into the ground if you don't need to. I mean, look, if, if, if it came down to the wire and you need a Taylor on the field, he was going to be out there. But if you can get him some looks and you can get him some, some, I don't know, some medication on the sidelines or even anything like that, I think it's, it's a good clean thing for him. Uh, and don't run him too much into the ground if you don't have to, but I thought Taylor had a good day overall. He was a problem solver in a lot of situations. He ran some effective and efficient football late in the game when the Colts had 11 straight runs yet again uh, Mm -hmm. in this one. You know, that run to win philosophy from Shane Steichen, we are seeing it on display yet again in this one. Uh, But yeah, the running game was good. Offensive line was, was back to being the offensive line. And like you said, with Braden Smith out there, there's no real weakness on the offensive line. So you can see that running game being more efficient. You can see pass protection overall. I mean, against a good pass rush, a good pass rush of Max Crosby and Malcolm Coons, two guys that are playing some really great football. The Colts, for the most part, held their own in the pack game. So, uh, yeah, I was really impressed by the Colts offensive line, and obviously by these Colts running backs bouncing back and, and having a really strong day. Yeah, and another guy who got back on the field was Michael Pittman Jr., five catches for 46 yards. Um, not like a eye-popping day by any means, but you can tell Gardner had his security blanket back. Like yep. when he needed to get something out quick, that is his guy he likes to do it for. And I mean, just 46 yards, but Pittman saw the bulk of, of the targets, you know. Uh, Pierce 
led everyone with 58 yards and a touchdown. But uh, like I mentioned, it was his, his only uh, target. Josh Downs had 53 yards on just two catches, had a 50-yard connection. Uh, again, a couple of explosives. We saw explosive Gardner Minshew in this one. Um, but, no, I mean, you can live with that. I mean, Pearson Downs leading and receiving, but Pittman getting you the, the chain-moving receptions. Uh, tight ends not super involved. Uh, four for 50 combined overall between Will Mallory, Mo Alleycox, and Kylan Granson. Uh, Mo had a, a drop. Kylan had a drop. But overall, it was a fine day for the tight ends in general. Like, it was all right. I'm getting really impressed with Will Mallory, by the way. That is a guy who's getting stuff done. And it would be hard to say that he really hasn't been the Colts' best tight end over the last several weeks. He's been their best pass catcher for sure. He's just mm-hmm. – he's always open, and he does not drop the ball. Like, if the ball is going to him, it's a catch. I love that about tight ends. It's the most important aspect to have as a tight end is just being mm-hmm. that safety blanket where if you're targeted, it doesn't matter who's covering you or what the situation is, you're hauling that pass in. It's what, you know, a guy on the other side of the field today, Austin Hooper, the tight end playing for the other for the other team, uh, that's what he's been able to do for throughout his entire career and churn out a really long and effective career, not being the fastest guy, not being the greatest blocker, but every time that ball is thrown his way, he makes a reception. That's what Will Mallory is like to me, where, you know, Mallory has a little bit more juice than Hooper ever had, but once that ball goes his direction, he's able to come down with it and and make some things happen. So I love that Will Mallory's emerging in the past game. Mo Cox had a fantastic game in run blocking, I think, uh, on the Jonathan Taylor touchdown early on. He had the key block on the outside. Um, And also the Colts wide receivers in the run game blocking as well. Alec Pierce and Michael Pittman Jr. on a couple of those toss plays were really paving the way in the run game. So hats off to those guys. But yeah, I want to talk Alec Pierce because look, Alec Pierce, every time Matt Ryan is in the booth, it becomes a huge day for Alec Pierce. I I know that that's his guy up there, but I I want Pierce to show out a little bit more in some of these other games too. Just pretend that Matt Ryan's essence is there in the stadium uh, and Alec Pierce will have a big day, but it's always great seeing Pierce get, get those deep balls because we've been saying on this show all year, we've had people who, you know, break down film myself included all year showing clips where it's like, look, Pierce is wide open down the field a lot this year. Like, let's get him some targets. I'm glad that one of these schemed up deep shots worked and uh, he was able to convert because if he went the whole game without a catch after that first one that was not thrown his way, that wide open Yankee call uh, in the first quarter, I might have thrown something. But because he got his later in the game, got that 58-yard touchdown, uh, his longest of his career, uh, it kind of made up for it. But, yeah, Alec Pierce, great job on that catch, uh, did some good things out there, and was a big part of the Colts' victory. Yeah, overall, great day for the offense. Again, no turnovers, huge thing. Three-point game, that really makes all the difference as well. Clean game, no turnovers. And I also, you know, with with how much under fire the the officials have been around the league, and rightfully so, uh, I felt like in general they let both teams play today. I didn't have any huge gripes about penalties either. So good job by the Colts offense to not shoot themselves in the foot too much with penalties or turnovers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, coming up, guys, we're going to talk about the Colts defense and how it was kind of a mixed bag there on defense. But at the end of the day, they did just enough to help the Colts get the victory. But first, the NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 back in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 back in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use that even someone like me can use it. There's so many different ways to bet, like live ga- live same game parlay- parlays, uh, find bets in, new, in the new Explore tab too, so you can just go 
go to the parlay hub and, and just do whatever uh, you need to from that hub there. Uh, it really is the best way to find those popular parlays too, because those parlays are where you can really win the big bucks. Uh, so visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup with FanDuel. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All righty, guys, we're talking Colts defense in the big victory over the Las Vegas Raiders here in week 17. Colts win 23 to 20. Uh, again, the Colts offense was more efficient, more effective, and the big reason why the Colts won. But there were several plays in this game for the Colts defense that really turned the tide. And uh, before we get to some of the, the gaffes on defense, some of the mistakes on defense and, and stuff like that, we do need to acknowledge that this was a game where the Colts were starting a lot of new faces, a lot of young faces in their secondary. It was not the greatest starting lineup that you would see from the Colts secondary. They had rookies, Jalen Jones and Juju Brents. They had Chris Lamont in the slot. They had Ronnie Harrison Jr., a linebacker, moved back to strong safety. And then Nick Cross making his first career start at free safety as well. This was a very, very depleted secondary. And again, they're going against Aiden O'Connell. So I, I get it. I get people saying that they should have been better against Aiden O'Connell, but to not get torched constantly with that lineup in your secondary. I'm calling that a win. I am calling that a win because mm-hmm. that that's not the group of guys you preferred out there. Uh, when you looked at this season going into week one, you're, you're never thinking, you know, late in the year, these are going to be our five starters in the secondary. Yeah, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. And I said before the game, when we saw that Kenny Moore was going to be out, the Colts could really get weird with it, with what they yeah. decided to do. But the most straightforward thing would be to have Chris Lawns be the slot because he was the next man up after Moore and Tony Brown during the summer. And they did that, but they also elected to replace Rodney Thomas as a starting safety. So whether that was just they they felt in terms of chemistry or, or particular roles, free safety, strong safety, that's how they wanted it. Heck of a time to, to break that out when you're, <laughs> when you're that shorthanded. Uh, but no, I, again, I was pleasantly surprised. I, I thought these guys played with confidence. Uh, you're going up against Devontae Adams, who is widely regarded as a gold star wide receiver over the last decade. Yeah. Uh, Chris Lamonds went after him. Juju Brents went after him. Jalen Jones. Now, they did give up a couple plays. I mean, Adams did score a, a couple touchdowns. Um, and he did have a good game. But I'm big on corners playing with confidence because it, it can turn into a huge train wreck when these guys are getting six, seven, eight receptions on them, and they just totally fall apart. And these guys battle. They have a short memory, and they're confident. So I I really like that about those guys. And shoot, I I mean, I don't know if you want to see that extensively moving forward. You hope Kenny Moore is back for this must-win game. Yeah, I'm interested to see if they keep Rodney Thomas on the sideline again next week. Um, But shoot, they they could have done a lot worse in this matchup. So I'm, I'm pleased with how this went. Yeah, and, and I do want to mention with the two young corners out on the outside, obviously not a perfect day by either player. Jalen Jones technically gave up both of those touchdown passes to Devontae Adams. Now, they were contested on both of them, but what are you going to do against Devontae Adams, you know, in that situation? Uh, but I thought he was competitive all game, had a couple of, of mistakes, but he also had a couple pass breakups. Uh, and then Juju Brents on the other side, it was a very high and low type game for him where I think he had like three pass breakups in this game, a couple, a couple on third down too, which are really big ones. Uh, but he also had that that big coverage mistake on fourth down on that fourth and 11. He also had a couple times where he led Devontae Adams open on his side with coverage miscommunications. Uh, so not a perfect day from these guys. But I think when you're looking at the scope of this game and and why the Raiders were able to score a couple points in this one, 
I don't think it really comes down to the secondary too much. I think the bigger issue, which we'll talk about here, is the pass rush. The pass rush just was not good enough in this game. That the other guys besides DeForest Buckner were just not getting off their blocks at all. And that's that's not exclusive to one player. That's Samson Abukam, uh, who had a little bit of success early in the game but faded down the stretch. Uh, Dio Dangbo, Quiddy Pay. Uh, Taekwon Lewis had a couple good rushes, but late in the game when he was out there, didn't really get anything going. Uh, the, Col- the Colts defensive line constantly lost all game long in the pass rush department, and that's the biggest reason why the Raiders were able to score some points. Uh, DeForest Buckner did his job, was fantastic in this game. If it were up to me, you get like 100 PFF grade mm-hmm. because he was beating his guy on every single snap. Uh, he was basically the one hope there in the pass rush was can he get some pressure, can he get some- anything going there, but uh, the Colts defensive line just wasn't good enough in this game, and they're lucky that they won against Aiden O'Connell and this Raiders offense is a little bit defunct and a little bit too conservative right now uh, because this is not going to work in CJ Stroud next week. They need better pass rush um, production and can't just rely on DeForest Buckner to get it all done for you. Yeah, but Buckner with a sack and three quarterback hits, obviously the most consistent player out there today. Uh, Tyquan Lewis had another sack as well. Just beat his man from, uh, from his right end position, just one-on-one. That was a really good play. But, yeah, I don't know how many times we can say this. And it's so weird for a team that broke its own, like, indie era franchise record for sacks in a season can just have these huge lulls where they're just not getting any pressure at all. It's just the most odd thing, especially when they do truly have, like, two and a half waves of pass rushers. Like, I don't know how they can do this. I mean, Houston is it's probably going to be a little easier matchup you and I talked about it earlier. Um, six sacks for the Colts against tech, the Texans in week two. I don't think they're going to get six again, but it's a, it's a, an offensive line. That's really banged up. I think you mentioned Laramie Tunsil uh, got hurt today, today as yeah. well. A little bit of a break for the Colts. So they're not going to be able to have that lapse against CJ Stroud. Like you said, cause that's a guy who the clear offensive rookie of the year front runner and just been a lights out quarterback. Um, He's not Aiden O'Connell, basically. Yeah. Uh, and we saw what it could do with Nico Collins. And, you know, uh, Noah Brown has had some really nice performances as well. Dalton Schultz. They just really have to turn that one up as well. Um, so, yeah, that that's the secondary is what it is. We don't know what it's going to look like. Uh, but the pass rush can do it a huge favor just by simply being more consistent. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to talk all doom and gloom about this Colts defense. I mean, at the end of the day, they were a special teams mistake, a major special teams mistake away from only allowing, what, 13 points in this game. And even yeah. one of those other touchdowns for the Raiders came kind of in garbage time at the end of the game. With the, I mean, it was still kind of feasible for the Raiders to win that game, but onside kicks haven't been recovered in like eight years at this point. So <laughs> when it comes down to an onside kick, you're probably not going to win the football game. Uh, but you know, it's a game that really could have gone the other way for the Colts. I mean, look, if you're if you're playing against a more aggressive head coach than what the Raiders had out there, or you don't make a couple of those third and shorts or fourth and short type stops that they made, we're looking at a very, very different football game. So, look, at the end of the day, the Colts got the job done. They, they were able to get those third and short stops. They got a couple key pass breakups and a couple key pressures on the quarterback, a couple good run stops, um, and they were able to get a couple of bounces to go their way. But 
this type of defense is not good enough going against the Houston Texans next week. So we can look, we're going to be excited. Now they got the win. They're going to get a winning season coming off a four win year last year. They get a winning season with a rookie coach and a backup quarterback. That's something to be proud of and excited about with this Colts team. They're playing for a potential division uh, victory next week. Uh, But there are some things that we need to look at throughout the course of this week with this Colts team for them to still improve on to make that the playoffs possible. But Overall, big win for the Colts. Uh, Colts offense carried the day today like they needed to. Colts defense, despite being really shorthanded in the secondary, did enough to get the win. Now it's the big week against uh, the Houston Texans and C.J. Stroud and and just taking care of business again uh, next week. Yeah, uh, all I know is, I mean, we're, we're going to have a lot of stuff for you guys. We're going to talk to the guys of Locked On Texans as well, bring you, bring you all the coverage we can. Uh, but this is going to be a really big week for the Colts. And again, we're, we're excited to bring you wall to wall the coverage of it. Yep. Yep. So remember uh, guys, before we, we close out today, remember to check out the locked on sports today, YouTube channel, which is the first ever national sports 24 seven streaming channel on YouTube. And you guys know, we're going to be back with you all week this week, talking Colts, talking Texans, getting ready for this big playoff matchup between the two teams. So if you don't already follow at locked on Colts at Jay Garth NFL and at Zach Hicks Two all on Twitter. Also subscribe to us on YouTube where we list your podcast. We'd love your guys rings reviews and we'll see you guys back here bright and early on Tuesday morning.